Chapter 1, Part 2 of The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Scott Sherris, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2, by Rabbi Lewis Ginsburg. Joseph Cast Into the Pit. Once the brethren of Joseph led their father's flocks to the pastures of Shechem, and they intended to take their ease and pleasure there. They stayed away a long time, and no tidings of them were heard. Jacob began to be anxious about the fate of his sons. He feared that a war had broken out between them and the people of Shechem, and he resolved to send Joseph to them and have him bring word again, whether it was well with his brethren. Jacob desired to know also about the flocks, for it is a duty to concern oneself about the welfare of anything from which one derives profit. Though he knew that the hatred of his brethren might bring on unpleasant adventures, yet Joseph, in filial reverence, declared himself ready to go on his father's errand. Later, whenever Jacob remembered his dear son's willing spirit, the recollection stabbed him to the heart. He would say to himself, Thou didst know the hatred of thy brethren, and yet thou didst say, Here I am. Jacob dismissed Joseph with the injunction that he journey only by daylight, saying furthermore, Go now, see whether it will be well with thy brethren, and well with the flock, and send me word, an unconscious prophecy. He did not say that he expected to see Joseph again, but only to have word from him. Since the covenant of the pieces, God had resolved, on account of Abraham's doubting question, that Jacob and his family should go down into Egypt to dwell there. The preference shown to Joseph by his father, and the envy it aroused, leading finally to the sale of Joseph and his establishment in Egypt, were but disguised means created by God, instead of executing his counsel directly by carrying Jacob down into Egypt as a captive. Joseph reached Shechem, where he expected to find his brethren. Shechem was always a place of ill omen for Jacob and his seed. There Dinah was dishonored. There the ten tribes of Israel rebelled against the house of David, while Rehoboam ruled in Jerusalem. And there Jeroboam was installed as king. Not finding his brethren and the herd in Shechem, Joseph continued his journey in the direction of the next pasturing place, not far from Shechem, but he lost his way in the wilderness. Gabriel, in human shape, appeared before him, and asked him, What seekest thou? And he answered, I seek my brethren. Whereto the angel replied, Thy brethren have given up the divine qualities of love and mercy. Through a prophetic revelation they learned that the Hivites were preparing to make war upon them, and therefore they departed hence to go to Dothan. And they had to leave this place for other reasons too. I heard, while I was still standing behind the curtain, that veils the divine throne, that this day the Egyptian bondage would begin, and thou wouldst be the first to be subjected to it. Then Gabriel led Joseph to Dothan. When his brethren saw him afar off, they conspired against him, to slay him. Their first plan was to set dogs on him. Simon then spoke to Levi, Behold, the master of dreams cometh with a new dream, he whose descendant Jeroboam will introduce the worship of Baal. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, that we may see what will become of his dreams. But God spoke, Ye say, We shall see what will become of his dreams, and I say likewise, 
we shall see, and the future shall show whose word will stand, yours or mine. Simon and Gad set about slaying Joseph, and he fell upon his face and entreated them, Have mercy with me, my brethren, have pity on the heart of my father Jacob. Lay not your hands upon me to spill innocent blood, for I have done no evil unto you. But if I have done evil unto you, then chastise me with a chastisement. But your hands lay not upon me, for the sake of our father Jacob. These words touched Zebulon, and he began to lament and weep, and the wailing of Joseph rose up together with his brothers, and when Simon and Gad raised their hands against him to execute their evil design, Joseph took refuge behind Zebulon, and supplicated his other brethren to have mercy upon him. Then Reuben arose, and he said, Brethren, let us not slay him, but let us cast him into one of the dry pits which our fathers dug without finding water. That was due to the providence of God. He had hindered the water from rising in them in order that Joseph's rescue might be accomplished, and the pits remained dry until Joseph was safe in the hands of the Ishmaelites. Reuben had several reasons for interceding in behalf of Joseph. He knew that he, as the oldest of the brethren, would be held responsible by their father if any evil befell him. Besides, Reuben was grateful to Joseph for having reckoned him among the eleven sons of Jacob in narrating his dream of the sun, moon, and stars. Since his disrespectful bearing toward Jacob, he had not thought himself worthy of being considered one of his sons. First Reuben tried to restrain his brethren from their purpose, and he addressed them in words full of love and compassion. But when he saw that neither words nor entreaties would change their intention, he begged them, saying, My brethren, at least hearken unto me in respect of this, that ye be not so wicked and cruel as to slay him. Lay no hand upon your brother, shed no blood, cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and let him perish thus. Then Reuben went away from his brethren, and he hid in the mountains, so that he might be able to hasten back in a favorable moment, and draw Joseph forth from the pit, and restore him to his father. He hoped his reward would be pardoned for the transgression he had committed against Jacob. His good intention was frustrated, yet Reuben was rewarded by God, for God gives a recompense not only for good deeds, but for good intentions as well. As he was the first of the brethren of Joseph to make an attempt to save him, so the city of Bezer in the tribe of Reuben was the first of the cities of refuge appointed to safeguard the life of the innocent that seek help. Furthermore, God spake to Reuben, saying, As thou wast the first to endeavor to restore a child unto his father, so Hosea, one of thy descendants, shall be the first to endeavor to lead Israel back to his heavenly father. The brethren accepted Reuben's proposition, and Simon seized Joseph and cast him into a pit, swarming with snakes and scorpions, beside which was another unused pit, filled with offal. As though this were not enough torture, Simon bade his brethren fling great stones at Joseph. In his later dealings with this brother, Simon, Joseph showed all the forgiving charitableness of his nature. When Simon was held in durance in Egypt as a hostage, Joseph, so far from bearing him a grudge, ordered crammed poultry to be set before him at all his meals. Not satisfied with exposing Joseph to the snakes and scorpions, his brethren had stripped him bare before they flung him into the pit. They took off his coat of many colors, his upper garment, his breeches, and his shirt. However, the reptiles could do him no harm. 
God heard his cry of distress, and kept them in hiding in the clefts and holes, and they could not come near him. From the depths of the pit Joseph appealed to his brethren, saying, O oh, my brethren, what have I done unto you, and what is my transgression? Why are you not afraid before God on account of your treatment of me? Am I not flesh of your flesh, and bone of your bone? Jacob your father, is he not also my father? Why do you act thus toward me, and how will you be able to lift up your countenance before Jacob? O Judah, Reuben, Simon, Levi, my brethren, deliver me, I pray you, from this dark place unto which you have cast me. Though I committed a trespass against you, yet are ye children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who were compassionate with the orphan, gave food to the hungry, and clothed the naked? How then can ye withhold your pity from your own brother, your own flesh and bone? And though I sinned against you, yet ye will hearken unto my petition for the sake of my father. O oh, that my father knew what my brethren are doing to me, and what they spake unto me. To avoid hearing Joseph's weeping and cries of distress, his brethren passed on from the pit, and stood at bowshot's distance. The only one among them that manifested pity was Zebulon. For two days and two nights no food passed his lips on account of his grief over the fate of Joseph, who had to spend three days and three nights in the pit before he was sold. During this period Zebulon was charged by his brethren to keep watch at the pit. He was chosen to stand guard, because he took no part in the meals. Part of the time Judah also refrained from eating with the rest, and took turns at watching, because he feared Simon and Gad might jump down into the pit and put an end to Joseph's life. While Joseph was languishing thus, his brethren determined to kill him. They would finish their meal first, they said, and then they would fetch him forth and slay him. When they had done eating, they attempted to say grace, but Judah remonstrated with them, we are about to take the life of a human being, and yet would bless God? That is not a blessing, that is condemning the Lord. What profit is it if we slay our brother? Rather will the punishment of God descend upon us. I have good counsel to give you. Yonder passeth by a traveling company of Ishmaelites on their way to Egypt. Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. The Ishmaelites will take him with them upon their journeying, and he will be lost among the peoples of the earth. Let us follow the custom of former days, for Canaan too, the son of Ham, was made a slave for his evil deeds, and so will we do with our brother Joseph. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg The Sale While the brethren of Joseph were deliberating upon his fate, seven Midianitish merchantmen passed near the pit in which he lay. They noticed that many birds were circling above it, whence they assumed that there must be water therein, and being thirsty, they made a halt in order to refresh themselves. When they came close, they heard Joseph screaming and wailing, and they looked down into the pit and saw a youth of beautiful figure and comely appearance. They called to him, saying, Who art thou? Who brought thee hither? And who cast thee into this pit in the wilderness? They all joined together and dragged him up, and took him along with them, when they continued on their journey. They had to pass his brethren, who called out to the Midianites, Why have you done such a thing, to steal our slave and carry him away with you? We threw the lad into the pit, because he was disobedient. Now then return our slave to us. The Midianites replied, What, this lad, you say, is your slave, your servant? More likely it is that you are all slaves unto him, 
for in beauty of form, in pleasant looks and fair appearance, he excelleth you all. Why, then, will you speak lies unto us? We will not give ear unto your words, nor believe you, for we found the lad in the wilderness, in a pit, and we took him out, and we will carry him away with us on our journey. But the sons of Jacob insisted, Restore our slave to us, lest you meet death at the edge of the sword. Unaffrightened, the Midianites drew their weapons, and amid war-whoops they prepared to enter into a combat with the sons of Jacob. Then Simon rose up, and with a bared sword he sprang upon the Midianites, at the same time uttering a cry that made the earth reverberate. The Midianites fell down in great consternation, and he said, I am Simon, the son of the Hebrew Jacob, who destroyed the city of Shechem alone and unaided, and together with my brethren I destroyed the cities of the Amorites. God do so, and more also, if it not be true that all the Midianites, your brethren, united with all the Canaanite kings to fight with me, cannot hold out against me. Now restore the boy you took from us, else will I give your flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. The Midianites were greatly afraid of Simon, and, terrified and abashed, they spake to the sons of Jacob with little courage. Said ye not that ye cast this lad into the pit because he was a rebellious spirit? What now will ye do with an insubordinate slave? Rather, sell him to us. We are ready to pay any price you desire. This speech was part of the purpose of God. He had put it into the heart of the Midianites to insist upon possessing Joseph, that he might not remain with his brethren and be slain by them. The brethren assented, and Joseph was sold as a slave while they sat over their meal. God spake, saying, Over a meal did ye sell your brother, and thus shall Achoshveros sell your descendants to Haman over a meal, and because ye have sold Joseph to be a slave, therefore shall ye say year after year, Slaves were we unto Pharaoh in Egypt. The price paid for Joseph by the Midianites was twenty pieces of silver, enough for a pair of shoes for each of his brethren. Thus they sold the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes. For so handsome a youth as Joseph, the sum paid was too low by far, but his appearance had been greatly changed by the horrible anguish he had endured in the pit with the snakes and the scorpions. He had lost his ruddy complexion, and he looked sallow and sickly, and the Midianites were justified in paying a small sum for him. The merchantmen had come upon Joseph naked in the pit, for his brethren had stripped him of all his clothes. That he might not appear before men in an unseemly condition, God sent Gabriel down to him, and the angel enlarged the amulet hanging from Joseph's neck until it was a garment that covered him entirely. Joseph's brethren were looking after him as he departed with the Midianites, and when they saw him with clothes upon him, they cried after them, Give us his raiment! We sold him naked without clothes. His owners refused to yield to their demand, but they agreed to reimburse the brethren with four pairs of shoes, and Joseph kept his garment, the same in which he was arrayed when he arrived in Egypt and was sold to Potiphar, the same in which he was locked up in prison and appeared before Pharaoh, and the same he wore while he was ruler over Egypt. As an atonement for the twenty pieces of silver taken by his brethren exchanged for Joseph, God commanded that every firstborn son shall be redeemed by the priest with an equal amount, and also every Israelite must pay annually to the sanctuary as much as fell to each of the brethren as his share of the price. The brethren of Joseph bought shoes for the money, for they said, We will not eat it, because it is the price for the blood of our brother, but we will tread upon him, 
for that he spake he would have dominion over us, and we will see what will become of his dreams. And for this reason the ordinance has been commanded, that he who refuseth to raise up a name in Israel unto his brother that hath died without having a son, shall have his shoe loosed from his foot, and his face shall be spat upon. Joseph's brethren refused to do aught to preserve his life, and therefore the Lord loosed their shoes from off their feet. For, when they went down to Egypt, the slaves of Joseph took their shoes off their feet as they entered the gates, and they prostrated themselves before Joseph as before a pharaoh, and, as they lay prostrate, they were spat upon and put to shame before the Egyptians. The Midianites pursued their journey to Gilead, but they soon regretted the purchase they had made. They feared that Joseph had been stolen in the land of the Hebrews, though sold to them as a slave, and if his kinsmen should find him with them, death would be inflicted upon them for the abduction of a free man. The high-handed manner of the sons of Jacob confirmed their suspicion that they might be capable of man-theft. Their wicked deed would explain, too, why they had accepted so small a sum in exchange for Joseph. While discussing these points, they saw, coming their way, the traveling company of Ishmaelites that had been observed earlier by the sons of Jacob, and they determined to dispose of Joseph to them, that they might at least not lose the price they had paid, and might escape the danger at the same time of being made captive for the crime of kidnapping a man. And the Ishmaelites bought Joseph from the Midianites, and they paid the same price as his former owners had given for him. End of chapter 1, part 2